1: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door
0: with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The
1: pick is now in for the Knicks. Eight overall, the commissioner,
0: Adam Silver. With the eighth pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the New York Knicks select OB Toppin, from Dayton University.
1: Hey there, next fans. How you doing? It's your boy John of the Macri with you for a post-draft edition of the Knicks Film School podcast. Um, I am joined by uh one of the very best in the business at analyzing this stuff. Um <laughs> I'm gonna introduce him first and then we'll both say what we've been doing for the last several hours. Uh, of strickland fame you've been reading his draft prospect reviews i trust over the last several months they have been excellent and hopefully they prepared you for the draft uh perhaps for excitement perhaps for disappointment we're gonna get into it in a sec uh prez prez how are you my friend
0: i feel like uh like jimmy butler at the end of one of them playoff games (laughs) we uh we, we we just got off of a group pod where me and three others from the Strickland draft crew decided to live pod until the Knicks were done, presumably acting, assuming they don't purchase a, a late second while, while me and Macri are recording here. Uh, so that ended up being about three hours of pod. So some, some solid content. I'll be impressed if anybody sits through all of it. So let's, <laughs>
1: This is we, so uh, fair warning. This is going to be a quick, uh, a quick podcast because for for so you just said it, you've been live potting for a while now. Um, and uh, meanwhile, I for so for for anybody who's listening who was in the in the Zoom, um, you know, thank you for joining. But for anybody who was not for all of the uh, newsletter subscribers, I did a, a Zoom. Uh, I don't know what it was. It was a Zoom boondoggle. Um, with about a hundred folks in there for most of the night, uh, that I was on from seven thirty until, uh, it is, what is it? 1127. I think I got off there about five minutes ago. <laughs> um, yes, we are in the middle of the second round. Uh, perhaps the Knicks will buy a second round pick and we'll, we'll be able to talk about it live. Um, I'm gonna just start with this. We're gonna just quickly go through our impressions of the night. So what were your initial impressions of the Knicks draft night?
0: Well, the top and pick you could putting aside all the the rumors that that came out um, in the last twenty four hours related to him, once Pat Williams went forth, you could kind of see everything fall into place for top and dropping. Um, so so it wasn't entirely a surprise. Um, My favorite player, Hayes, was off the board. Um, A few players I still liked were still on the board, um, namely Devin Vassell. But, you know, you you saw it coming a mile away and agree or disagree. Like, I understand the... You'll probably hear a lot about, you know, this reason or that reason outside the lines why the Knicks did it, you know, CAA or Leon Rose or his son or whatever. But I, I really do think it's a... Much simpler explanation than that. Um, he's in many ways the safest pick for a new front office to pick. You know, he's going to produce. Um, the question of how that production translates to winning is something that is beyond, I think, most fans and many front offices. And that's not to say that he can't contribute to winning, but um, as his skill set is currently constructed, Uh, despite being prolific at many types of scoring and a solid passer, um, he still needs a little bit something else on there on top of that, whether it's a little bit better team defense or a little bit better floor spacing or something like that. So I was pretty disappointed. Um, I'm not a huge fan of of fours who don't have skill sets that raise the – floors of the team because I think fours are uniquely positioned to do that not unlike how fives have to protect the rim or else they're not really super helpful um so I was pretty disappointed I hope that you know they paid they paid Kenny Payne and Johnny Bryan a lot of money and we're about to see if they can have that paycheck (laughs) (laughs)
1: um I think you you're the, the way you phrase that uh, I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm actually literally not going to say anything because I think you phrased it perfectly. I just want to bring up your analogy from earlier today, which was that.
0: Uh, Al, can I let you? phrase, What was it? The with the car, the bike one. <laughs> yeah, the the bike versus the car. <laughs> I'll see. Uh, let me see if I can remember it. It was. Uh, Would you? It do was you... comparing. It was comparing Obi Toppin to a car with no brakes versus tanking a lesser regarded prospect who would be a nice bike that is reliable and wanting <laughs> with working the car <laughs> with working brakes because and wanting the car because the car is bigger and faster despite the fact that it has a chance that you'll crash ultimately getting to your destination where with yeah. a bike you won't do that even if you're a little slower
1: yeah no I, I think um I you again you phrase top and selection perfectly and even aside from the possible other reasons why it could have been made which you know who you know it 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 doesn't pay for us to discuss it right now because who the hell knows um but i do think that this there is there was a um there was a we can't miss with this factor that was going on like they, we, we, there was no I don't think there was a world that Leon Rose wanted to be living in where six months from now he was sitting and answering questions about a Frank Nilakina esque or, you know, Kevin Knox esque uh, early, you know, growth curve. So, to speak.
0: yeah, there was there's there's no you know, there's not there's not a, a situation where. He was gonna be telling folks, "Hey, like this is you know be patient." Yeah, give us a, give us a time. few
1: like you're you're like you're gonna. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this who were upset at the uh, top and pick like you were, but what I and I think you, you, anyone who's actually watched film on him will agree is like, you're going to sit there and you're going to watch this kid on opening night. And the first couple of days, weeks, months of his NBA career, and you're going to be like, well, shit. I mean, there's, he's, there's things that he could do um, because there is definitely things that he could do. And I, I think the questions are more about, well, when push comes to shove and it's, it's high stakes and it's, it's those types of things. Like, what happens then? And I, I think those those are the very legitimate questions, and those are the questions that um, you know will you know, assuming he's a part of their core going forward, we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll try to answer. Um, but for right now, they wanted a guy that was bankable, and I think they they got a guy who's bankable. And probably the most important thing we should say is that they played their cards right. And if there was a theme that emerged tonight, it was that the Knicks knew what they had in their hand. They felt confident in what um, their uh, fellow card players had in their hands. And they did play their hands well. Um, like they did not trade up to to get Obi Toppin and give up, you know, whatever else they waited and they knew he was going to fall to eight. And, you know, he felt eight. So there was that. Um, we should say, okay, so the rest of their draft. Uh, well, actually, no, before we get to the rest of the draft, just is there one or two players who it particularly hurt your soul that they passed on at at eight?
0: At eight, yeah, there was um, Devin Vassell was the first one because to me he was the type of player whose statistics wouldn't match his impact um, in the in some ways a reverse Obi Toppin where. His he's our, his stats are the kind where you might get some some WFAN callers talking about why did we pass on Obi Toppin for a guy who's averaging you know five <laughs> oh, points and
1: three <laughs> rebounds
0: would. or whatever. Nobody's gonna nobody fucking riding the subway gives a shit that he can consistently dig. To, yeah. Like two two passes ahead and be in the right place at the right best, time, like that best, shit goes over the head of ninety nine percent of fans.
1: Best off ball defender, uh, best off ball defender in the draft, and I'm I'm not sure it's close.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, he's the one, Kyra. I like the other guys like Kyra and Maxi, and but to me, I had Vassal a little bit ahead of those guys.
1: Okay. Um, I um for what it's worth, and I I said this on. The Zoom that we were on, like I'm, I'm sure this reporting will come out if it hasn't already, and if it has already, and I'm not attributing it to someone, I apologize. But um, there were certainly attempts, uh, as as I understand it, to trade up to get um, Kyra. I was told that one of the Dallas picks was dangled. Um, I, I, my understanding is that there was an attempt to. Um, potentially trade up to get Maxi as he was falling. And he ended up going just two picks ahead of uh, 23, which is the other thing that we should talk about, um, which is so the Knicks entered today, this morning. Well, uh, yesterday morning, as you are listening to this, because this is coming out on, on Thursday, um, with the 27th and 38th picks in the draft, they moved up to 23. Um, they selected, uh, Leandro Balmero at 23, who I thought was actually, if they had kept Balmero, how would you have felt about that?
0: I'm a little lower on Balmero than, uh, most of our draft Twitter and Nick Twitter okay. friends. Um, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, there were worse picks, so I, I would have been fine with it in the end. Um, that's fair. Um, but I'm not a huge fan.
1: <laughs> well, in any case, so Bomero, for those who don't know, just signed a new four-year contract with... Um, oh, fuck. Who is he, he with?
0: Uh, I don't remember which team.
1: So right. he's with some European team. that he's going to be there for... Is he going to be there for a year? Is he going to be there for two years? He's going to be there for a bit. Um, but he's really good. And if he was coming over right away, he pro- I mean, I'm speculating a bit, probably would have been a lottery pick or at least just outside the lottery. Um, in any case, so they... They uh, picked him for, um, the the who did they? Oh my god, I'm forgetting who did they pick him for. Um, they, they picked ended their, up. Who the Knicks took? Yeah, no, they they they, they traded Bolmaro to um, someone uh, to get to get the oh the the um, the the Jazz right. I'm it's uh, it's escaping me so. as <laughs> well. It's it, there was a lot of sh- whatever. This is this is this is <laughs> folks listening. This is what kind of a night it was. Both of our brains are fried. They traded uh the 23rd pick uh back to get uh 25 and 33. Um, so the, that was the trade. So they essentially woke up this morning with 27 and 38. And they're going to bed tonight. Well, actually, not quite. I was going to say with uh, 25 and 33. So a bit of masterwork there by I don't know who was responsible for it, whether it was Brock Aller or Walt Perrin or Scott Perry or Leon Rose or whoever. So that part of it was great. The 25th pick comes up and they take Emmanuel quickly. Um, Remind me, um, Prez, roughly where did you have Emmanuel quickly on your board? I think
0: I had him somewhere in my final five of the top 30. Um, okay. So yeah, no, so I, I'm a, I'm a quickly fan. Uh, I, I liked as am I, I liked a not insignificant number of players more than quickly who are on the board, but um, quickly he has an elite skill, which is his shooting. Um, the guy's the sniper and he's a really good defender and you know, uh, we had a pod with PD where PD talked about him and he described his work ethic as Kauai level. Um, that's not to compare them as players. That's just to compare them as crazy people who you probably have to lock out of the gym and tell to go home to your dorm room. And, so... and by the way,
1: less, <laughs> less the Knicks need any confirmation on that. They uh, have just hired the man who um, not only uh, recruited quickly to Kentucky, but just spent the last year coaching him. So.
0: Yes, exactly. So um, between those two things, like he made a significant jump between his freshman and sophomore year. You know the work ethics there. Um, He can draw free throws even though he can't finish yet at the hoop. Um, I personally think it's not hard for guys in the NBA to go from bad finishers to okay finishers. It's just going from okay to plus finishers this hard. So I think he can be a solid player, um, a solid defender, a solid shooter. It was just all things the Knicks need. Um, again, there was other guys I like more, but I'm, you know, I'm not mad at quickly at all. Uh, I would love to see, you know, units with him and Frank just locking dudes up and spacing the floor for Obi and Mitch and RJ. Um,
1: I'm going to ask you the same question I asked you about, uh, eight, uh, who, who's the one, is there one player or two players on, on your board that you would have preferred them to take a 25? <laughs> Yeah, I mean uh, Riller, Riller Riller. We for anybody who doesn't know, <laughs> there's, there's a there's a young man by the name of Grant Riller who I believe at press time as we are recording this is still on the board,
0: right? He's still on the board. I, I'm looking. They're up to 43 Sacramento Kings, and he's still on the board. This so is Maybe, maybe so, I was just fucking off my rocker here. Isaiah well, Joe is still on the board as well.
1: That's that's the. Wasn't there something we were talking about on Zoom that there was a? Wasn't there a promise that he was going to? Yum Oh, Yamadar just went 47 to Boston. I like that. I like Yim. Um, Sorry, we're we're live reacting here. Um, sorry, I'm 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 again. Been a long night. Um, yeah, for those who don't know, Grant Riller is the 24 year, 23 going on 24, whatever he is, um, a player who played at the College of Charleston, uh, four year four year player, obviously, um, is a a scoring. I don't know how let you put. It, he's a scoring machine. Um in college. Uh I think we I had a I did a draft podcast for a different pod uh a few months ago that everybody agreed that if Riller was like 20 years old, he would be somewhere between a top five pick and like a lottery pick. Um he's awesome. He's he's awesome. Uh there's no two ways about it, but he's still on the board right now. And it's we're we're almost to the 50th pick. So, you know, whatever. I'm assuming he was number one on your board there, but other than Riller, who who else would you have been looking at at twenty five?
0: Yeah, so some of the usual suspects that you've 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 heard if, if you follow the Strickland on Twitter or listen to Pod Strickland, so um, Malachi Flynn, yep, Desmond Bain, yeah, Tyrell Terry, yeah. Um, even getting past well, those, those I would say those are the main three, and Xavier Tillman's the other one. As although I'm not as keen as using a pick on a big even one as good as Tillman, um, so I, I would really say those three.
1: Yeah, um, I'm so and just a quick word on on <laughs> uh, look at what I did there. A quick word on quickly, um, you know, the sh- you know, shooting doesn't always translate. Um, you know, we, you just talked about how good of a shooter he was in college. Forty three percent from three. ninety-two um, percent from the line. Um, so I think there is a very real chance that he walks into training camp uh, for the Knicks this year as their best shooter on the roster. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. we, we don't know what they're going to do. Um, they, you know, whatever they can go out and, and sign. I don't I actually don't even really know what great shooters are there in the free agent market, but whatever. Um, it's, it's very possible that that's, that's the case. So that's a real thing. Um, and boy, correct me if I'm wrong. Again, we, we talked about this with Spencer on our zoom, like, I th- I see a little bit of a playmaking upside, not, 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 not as a point guard. He is not a point guard. He really isn't even a secondary creator, but, like, I don't know. To me, he's something more than, like, Lou Williams. He's, like, a guy that could make a pass. Uh, do you agree or do you disagree with that statement?
0: Yeah, Lou Williams' handle is better than Quickley's will ever be. And I mean, Lou Williams doesn't pass because he can shoot. And that's that, fair. That's fair. That's true. That's true for quickly too, right? But I, I do like there I'll put it like this. There there was a game, one of the most fun games to watch for Kentucky was one of their two games versus Auburn. Their okay. point guard, Ashton Hagens got in foul trouble for a lot of the game. So the point guard duties fell to Quickly and Maxie. And both of their approaches were mostly I'm just gonna try to score because passing is something I'm not super into. <laughs> and mixed results. Maxi and quickly both looked unstoppable at times. Sometimes it looked like they were like doing jump passes with no idea where they were gonna pass to and kind of fumbling and stumbling around a little bit. But you know, there was also times where they were able to draw defense and kick to a shooter and things like like that. So I mean he he's definitely he's not like a black hole or anything like that. He can move the ball and like I mentioned, even though His handle is shaky and he's not a great passer. His free throw rate was still very good. It was um, above 40%, I believe, which is kind of astonishing given how shaky his handle is. And if anything points to some, you know, secret Kentucky player upside, as little as it might be, I would point point to the free throw rate um, because it means he's, you know, if he puts it on the deck, even if he's... He's confident when he puts it on the deck, even if the skill is, hasn't quite caught up yet. But if the skill does catch up a little bit, then, you know, that, that's, that's something I wouldn't be mad at.
1: I'm thinking back to um, an interview that... Um, I'm thinking back to an interview, I think it was about Johnny Bryant um, after he was hired by the Knicks, speaking about him and, like, what he's good at and the fact that, like, if you have an elite skill... Um, Johnny Bryant's going to like get you out of, get it out of you. And like more, more to the point, like if to be an NBA player, like it's not like you're not looking for guys who could like do everything. You're looking for guys who have that one elite thing and you could, yes. you could maximize that. And that's, I know we've, again, we've spoken about this on this podcast. Um, Emmanuel quickly has that. So, for everybody who's listening to this and be like, really, they took the fucking undersized two from Kentucky because he's from Kentucky and like Kenny Payne's the coach. Like, okay. Yeah. I'm sure taking the guy that they were comfortable with because they like knew him has something to do with it, but like he has any late elite NBA skill today, like whatever day one on the court, like that's there. And if the free throw um, rate can translate as well. Yeah. Sorry. What you were saying.
0: No, I was just going to say it's, it's that and the the work ethic. That's the thing. Like, yes. Like, like you're, you're talking a late first. It could be anybody from 20 to 45 could end up like, you have no idea who the fuck is going to be the best player in that range. So the intangibles become that much more important as you know, and you want to bet on a guy like that, who's, you know, is going to bust his ass for Tibs and he's going to work and watch film and be in the gym and be in the weight room and just, be about that life. He's going to become yeah. a millionaire overnight and he's still going to be a crazy person. So, <laughs> you know, you bet on that. Yeah.
1: And they need that. Um, And, and it's also worth saying, we didn't talk about it with Topping, but like all indications are Topping is like, Oh yeah. You know, maybe not the sharpest uh, tool in the shed, but in terms of like character kid, um, you know, I would recommend that anybody go listen to the podcast I did with, um, Dave Jablonski, who covered Obi Toppin for, for two years at Dayton. Um, like you're they they got an a, they got two elite kids. Um older, uh, you know, Toppin's older, you know, quickly's 21 and change. Um, but they they did well, uh, I think on that end. So I don't know. I, I hate doing like draft grades, but if you if you had to give it a, a great like I I was I said on the Zoom like B minus C plus type like that. Um I don't know where you're at.
0: I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard for me to give a draft grade because, you know, I hate to overcomplicate shit, but like, and give cop out answers. But a lot of, so for reference, I sound like I really hate OB as a draft pick, and I kind of do, but I had him 13th on my big board, which is low low compared to some people, but it's also high compared to how I talk about him. Yeah. And the reason is because his numbers mean, regardless of his impact on winning, he's going to be a trade asset, right? Like if the Knicks were to offer a package for a, for a star player, you hope, you know, a guy who is young-ish and puts up numbers um, and isn't like a ball stopper, that's the other thing with Obi Toppin. He, he gets his numbers and he's not mucking up your offense, right? That's not the issue, unlike, say, Julius Randle. So in that sense, he could be a very strong asset. And that's not something to, to you know, brush aside so quickly. So in that sense, that kind of recovers some of the value for me. I'd probably give like, like a C minus maybe, a C.
1: Okay. Hey, listen, C's passable. You can bring home a C and be, be somewhat proud. We haven't talked about the last thing, which like is funny because God, there can't just be a night um, on Nick's Twitter uh, where there's not something divisive. And I can already tell that this is going to be the thing that like has people scraping and clawing at each other. Uh, the Knicks traded the 33rd pick, which was used to draft Daniel Otoru. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. He's a, a center out of uh, Minnesota, I believe um, you know, he's solid profiles is going to be, you know, good backup center in the league. Um, they traded that to the Clippers. And in exchange, they have gotten the 2023, so that, is, that is one, two, three years out, second-round pick belonging to the Detroit Pistons. Um, it goes without saying there were a lot of names on the board that I think a lot of Nick fans would have been very excited if they were coming into the Garden next year. I'm looking literally right now. 48th pick nico Mannion, guy a lot of folks had their eye on 49 isaiah joe another guy good shooter the whole thing Wait, who, who do you go to
0: the Five, 76ers got isaiah 76ers. joe at 49 i good guy yeah all right i know
1: <laughs> yeah no i know um and uh do 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 i'm just looking what else if any i'm, I'm looking for your boy man um Hey, maybe yeah, we can
0: design
1: him. <laughs> maybe we yeah, right? Um it's Skyler Skylar Mays at 50. In any case, all guys, like, there were there were guys on the board um who the Knicks like people would have been, talked themselves into and being that excited about a, a, as Knicks. They didn't take any of them. Um instead they traded it for something that will not convey for 3 years. A lot of people are going to be pissed off about this. Personally, my take on it and i'm curious to hear yours is like we i feel like for 20 years now we've been living in you know under the 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 umbrella of front offices who are just kind of worried about keeping their jobs and like pleasing james dolan and all of the things that we hear all the time and these guys fucking took the opportunity to take a, a a guy that they could show to the fan base and be like here we got this thing and they shuttled it off for something that is not going to be here for three years i personally am excited about that and i'm particularly excited about it for two reasons one it's the pistons and if you look at the lay of the land and you look at where the pistons are right now and you look at and I've said this on my podcast aside from the Knicks, the only other team I think has less top end talent in the league. If you put Blake Griffin aside, because I think they're going to do whatever they're going to do with him. And it's not like he's not part of their long-term plans, obviously because he's older. Like I think the Pistons have less top end talent than any of the league. They just drafted Killian Hayes, who I think will take a few years to get it right. Like if there's a team that I'd bet on having a pretty damn high second round pick in 2023, it's Pistons. That's one, two. 2023, as of now, and we don't know for sure, but as of now, it, it seems like it may be the likeliest year for the double draft, which is the draft where uh, finally they're going to do away with the one and done rule and uh, high school players could go directly to the NBA. Whether that's going to happen, we're not sure. Whether the Pistons are going to be bad that year, not sure. But the fact that they would take a risk and they would place a bet on those things is, happening where that if those things both happen, which I again I think there's a pretty decent chance they do, that pick having real actual value as opposed to the 33rd pick in a draft that's like, eh, you know, the one of the lesser drafts that we've seen. I appreciated that. And I love the move and I thought it was good. Um but again, I will turn it over to you and I will I will ask you your opinion of it.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, I'm not mad at it. I, I think the other thing it kind of underscores is that you have guys on the roster who you want to see play, right? Like, I know we're all like Trey Julius, Trey GSJ, fucking sent Knox to China, whatever. Like (laughs) we say all types of things, but, but ultimately like you you have to find minutes for these guys and adding another rookie to the mix, especially considering they're not, they're going to sign somebody or more than one somebody, right? Like even if it's not marquee guys, like that's, presumably they're going to sign two people who will play at least 20 minutes a game and not be teenagers. So I think that's a um, fa- fair assessment. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, like, yeah, there's guys that I, Prez, personally think should have been picked in the 20s or higher, and they were on the board. So, therefore, it was a missed opportunity and a bit of a failure to pass on those guys. But at the same time, that happens every draft, literally. Guys yeah. fall follow- every year. Mitch fell for us last time around, right? Like, it literally happens every year. So, yeah. And it's going to happen in 2023. Um, even putting aside the double draft, like, it's just going to happen every year. So, if you feel like you already are obligated in terms of your minutes allocation between your picks, your kids, and your free agents, then there's definitely a strong argument to uh, taking the mystery box in 2023 and seeing who falls there when you have a better, more well-defined team And, you know, you know, you're not looking at a second round pick merely as an upside swing or like picking a bench player out of a bag. You're looking at it to fill a defined need for a team that hopefully is on the up and up, if not already good. So, you know, I get it. I'm not mad at it.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think that's, that's really well said. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do from here. I mean, I guess officially, we're, we're again. We're 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 who the hell knows what's going to happen um, the rest of the night. Where it's right now, it's eleven fifty five. We're not even through the first round yet, or sorry, we're not even through the entire draft yet. I mean, there's still going to be post draft signings that get made. We'll you know who the hell knows what else you know they're they're going to do. Um, you know, but it's going to be on to free agency and on to. And on to actually building the roster. I'm. I'm. Let us close with this. Um, given what they did tonight, drafting Toppin and, and quickly. Of these two things that I'm about to that I'm about to tell you, um, which of the two things are you more curious about? Which way they're going to go between now and the start of of the season? Um, what they do with the point guard position, or whether or not they are able to successfully move on from uh, Julius Randle.
0: Uh, I don't really care so much about whether they can move on for Randle because if they keep Randle, because they don't have an adequate trade offer for him, like I don't want to give things up to move up for him under any circumstances. Oh, I if agree that with means-
1: that. Don't don't give. Please don't give up an asset to move Julius Randle.
0: Right. So don't you you th- go away. <laughs> So if you have to it's like you have to bring Toppin or Julius off the bench, like whoop-de-doo, like they're still going to play Toppin. Even if Toppin comes off the bench, he's still going to play 25 minutes a game, 30 minutes a game. So I'm not – it'd be annoying, but like I'm not really curious about that. I'm much more curious about the point guard situation, and I'm curious what you think, sir, uh, given that uh, – <laughs> there's only one other team with the money to sign Fred Van Fleet and that's his incumbent team. And they just drafted a replacement Fred Van Fleet in Malachi Flynn. Um, Do you think that's more an insurance pick or do you think that is a, uh, you know, I guess, yeah. What do you think? Do you think that's an insurance pick and they just want a good player, which Flynn very much is. And now they have a three guard rotation that is very solid. Or do you think it's a, a bit of a, both things It's both an insurance pick and a depth pick.
1: So a couple of things, um, as far as I know, and my phone just died because I was looking at it all night and I should have had it on the charger. Um, I, and I, I have my laptop in front of me, but I, I don't feel like looking up the situation with Detroit having traded for Trevor Ariza earlier tonight in terms of how much his contract is going to count against the cap. My understanding is that that is that that is still in flux uh, if there is some resolution to that because basically what I'm what I'm referring to is Detroit is either going to be 15 million dollars in change under the cap or they're going to be twenty uh, 22 or 23 and change under the cap I believe I believe those are the two options um, Detroit was the other the other team that like, cause here's the thing with Van Fleet, right? You need, if you're Toronto or rather, let me rephrase that. If you're Van Fleet, you need to be able to put the like fear of God in your team, right? Um, that mm-hmm. you could say like, Hey, look over there. There's a big bag. And I bet I know what's in the bag. There's, there's things in the bag. They're green. They're green things in the bag. Um, <laughs> he, he, need, he needs to be able to say that. Um, so, Let's and and I will also say very briefly, Detroit. Their moves tonight seem to be fo- and the by the way the second round the Detroit second rounder the Nick Scott that was not from Detroit that was from L A that had been previously traded so it's not like Detroit traded that away. Detroit's move tonight seemed to be forward thinking. So perhaps all the noise that we've been hearing about the Pistons being the team holding the bag for Van Fleet. You know, maybe though that has been overstated. Um, if that is the case, I think I'm. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend to have any clue whatsoever as to what Toronto was thinking as far as Malachi Flynn and and how much he can or can't replace Van Fleet. Um, I also think it's interesting that you know the East now is like. If young if Johannes is staying in Milwaukee, right? Um and 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 Miami has whatever their designs are, and like Brooklyn is maybe getting James Harden. Like, how does that influence what Toronto wants to do? Like, do they do they does that make them more likely to invest in Van Fleet to be competitive? Does that make them less likely to invest in Van Fleet? Like, there's all these variables out there. The the thing that I keep coming back to is something that has been reported not by me, but by others, which is that does Van, does does Leon Rose want Van Fleet to be like his signature first big move? Right. And and I'm wondering, like, now that they have Toppin, does Leon Rose worry less about that? Because he could look and be like, hey, I just drafted the guy who's probably going to be rookie of the year. And we could just, we could talk all we want about Toppin's game. I think we, both of us would feel comfortable sitting here and being like, look, if you gave us two to one odds yeah. on top and we would, I mean, I would put a few bucks on it. I'm sure you would too. like, he's going to look good. Um, so does he maybe not worry about the impression that event fleet signing gives off? I don't know. Um, I don't know what the number is. Can they now get him for 18 a year? Whereas, Previously people thought maybe it was going to be a number starting at 22 or 23 or even more. Like these are all really interesting questions that I have. Um, if you're asking me my gut feeling, and again, I'm not, this is not reporting. This is my gut feeling just based on like <laughs> it, whatever me living and breathing with this fucking team 24 seven. I don't think it's likely that that Van Fleet's to Nick, but again, I'm, you know, I, uh, who knows what Leon Rose is thinking? Like, I, I I still think, I still think Russell Westbrook is like, let me put it this way. This is the last thing I'll say. If you're, if you're telling me that there's two, there's two doors that Leon Rose can walk through, one where they could get Fred Van Fleet for four years and $84 million, and another one where they could give up Julius Randle, Dennis Smith Jr., and, the 2023 Dallas pick for Russell Westbrook. If you're asking me which of those tours, two doors do I think Leon Rose is going to walk through? My gut feeling is that he would, he would take Russ. That's my gut feeling. I could be wrong. That's my gut feeling. Um, I'm sorry. That was a very long winded answer, but that I feel like that all kind of ties together. So that's why I wanted to kind of get all that out there. So yeah, that's where yeah. I'm at.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, as much as I'd like Van Fleet, and I do think Toppin would theoretically, I think Toppin's the headline move, right? For he a, is, He has to be for ninety-five percent of fans, especially those are, are not Twitter. He's a hometown kid. He's a well-known college player, college superstar. Got numbers. Got advanced metrics too, right? So, like, he's he's the headliner. But I don't think there's a. I maintain that I don't think there's a downside for Toronto to paying Van Fleet, worst comes to worst, you have a guy who your fans like during a rebuild yeah. who, who is likely somewhat tradable at least later in this contract um, because he's only 26. Best case, you're still competitive and you have Fred Van Fleet who's still getting better and is already very good. So yeah. I, don't, I don't see why they wouldn't throw more money at him than the Knicks would.
1: For sure. Yeah. And I, and I think he – I mean, my, my guess is he wants to stay there, right? Like, why why wouldn't he? It's a great situation. He knows it could be good. Um, you know, so you know what I think? And listen, I think there's definitely a part of, like, Leon Rose who's like, wait a minute. I'm, I could get Russell Westbrook to come in next year, and I could have Russell Westbrook throwing lobs alternatively to Obi Toppin and Mitchell Robinson with, like, you know, get some shooters and Fucking have some fun, like you know. Say what you want. That's could be a, a team that is worth turning on the television set to to watch. Um, I don't think it are good good, um, but I j- again, I don't know what the priorities are here. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I, I I don't know. Um, Riller,
0: Riller just got picked by Charlotte.
1: Good for him, man. That's awesome. that will
0: be a it'll be a fun league pass team. I'll, I'll put it that way.
1: Charlotte. Well, they have Lamelo, they have Riller, and they got someone else who's um, oh uh, Vernon Carey,
0: right? Vernon Carey. But even I mean Lamelo, Riller, <laughs> Rosier, Graham. Jesus they put, Christ! They're gonna put them up.
1: <laughs> and then we got Reggie Perry going to the Clippers. So we're 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 damn close right now. We might as well just uh, who is the who are the best players that are left that are probably gonna go undrafted?
0: Ah. Uh, at this point I'm picking uh, without having my ranking. Hold on, me. I'll, I'll pull up. I'm
1: going to give you some names, all right? Um, so it's, I'm the, not Sam asking. Sam Merrill
0: it.
1: is one. Merrill's the name, the first name that came to mind. Um, Trey Jones got picked, right? <laughs> this is great. Yeah, this is, again, yeah. this is the kind of night that it's been. Um, I know Cassius Winston got picked. That's where I got picked. Uh, Xavier Tillman awesome. got
0: picked. Picked. Most of my my rankings and mocks and things didn't go this deep, so.
1: <laughs> well, Till, Tillman got taken by Memphis. Manning got picked. Really got picked. Oh, Paul Reed. Paul Reed didn't get picked. I don't think. Oh uh,
0: yeah, I don't see him. Right? I don't think he got picked yet. I'm do a yeah. quick uh, Twitter search. Paul Reed. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking. He's a. He's yeah. still on the board.
1: Paul Reed is still on. the Paul Reed's good. good Pretty sure he's a good basketball player. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait, did Cassius Stanley not get picked? No, he didn't. Wow. Holy shit. That's see, that's a little surprising to me. That's a little surprising.
0: Is it though? I mean, just because a guy's mean, not good Duke. at basketball doesn't he, mean he
1: shouldn't get picked at a basketball draft.
0: Come on. If he did what he did on any team but Duke, we would not be surprised.
1: Um No, um no. Um did oh last one, did Devin Dotson get picked? Did I miss that?
0: I I don't think so. I don't think so. Devin. No, he's still, Devin he's still on the Devin Dotson.
1: He's got got the blue check and everything. Yeah. Draft day. Oh, I feel so bad. All these guys yeah. got all these guys got ad money for Wingstop. This is amazing how many people Wingstop paid to like promote their fucking product. Um yeah, Devin Dotson is still so Devin, so we have Devin Dotson, Paul Reed, and um I guess that's it, right? Those are the two those Merrill, are the two names that Merrill. stand there. And Merrill and Merrill. Yeah. But Merrill was kind of, I think draft Twitter loves Merrill, but like, you know. Oh, and Marcus Howard. You you really you don't get what you used to for leading the country in scoring.
0: No, no, nope, nope. that's a shame.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right um this has been great uh prez you, you've really i i asked you a couple days ago if you wouldn't mind um coming on late at night and you dutifully were like i got this and uh i really 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 appreciate it and could you just tell the folks at home if you if you don't mind where they can find your stuff
0: yeah uh um, on Twitter, at underscore P-R-E-Z-I-D-E-N-T-E. Um, and on the strict.land, the draft may be almost done, but we still got some cool stuff coming out, um, obviously, on um, the guys the Knicks picked. And believe it or not, I already have a 2021 preview <laughs> cooking. I love it. That's how that's how I roll. So uh, there, there'll be more coming down and. In- uh, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fun to to see how Toppen and quickly fit into what we got cooking.
1: Yeah, this well, this will not be the last time we talk about that. By the way, I was wrong. Uh, Cassius Stanley did go. He went 54 to. Um, oh yeah, look at that. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Um, are we? I really. Where's like, Oh, the Toronto Raptors, Jalen Harris at 59. Um. So with the, I wonder who's going to be Mr. You want to stay on until Mr. Relevant gets picked?
0: Yeah, it's not going to be Merrill because New Orleans already has like twenty guards. Um,
1: Merrill or Dot? I can't believe Dotson didn't get picked. I feel like Dotson was. I swear, I read a report not too long ago that was like, teams are, like, for Dotson's getting first round buzz.
0: Yeah, there's a few. There's a few guys who had when I, I did a piece for the Strickland on shooters um, who are available in the second round and the end of the first round and about half of them are still on the board. Um, a really? whole lot of variety of shooters. Yeah. Um, Sam Merrill, there's a guy who's a big Caleb Wesson, who's like, he's a Husky dude. He's a little undersized, but he can rebound and he's a legit movement shooting five. And that's a bench player. I don't care how much you suck at anything else. Like if you can, come off a screen as a Husky dude and shoot a 40% from three and <laughs> also get rebounds. So there's like, there's some players out there. I, I just love the nice, nice, Husky. Some nice G league prospects out there waiting.
1: There you go. Um, I really, I really want to stay on until we get to the 60th pick cause I'm just curious. So, um, Merrill free, Merrill Reed, Dotson are the the three guys I'm looking. At. How how much would your draft grade for the Knicks increase if they if they signed Sam Merrill to a like some kind of a, a to a, you know a contract after the draft, undrafted free agent? C
0: would minus you, to C plus.
1: C minus to C plus. All right, let's yeah. see. I I wonder if they uh, I wonder if they will will do that.
0: Um, come on, I man, don't, make this pick. I don't, I don't know. Again, going back to the players, like I don't, I know we're out on DSJ, but I don't think the Knicks are out on DSJ just yet, right? No,
1: like, I don't. I don't. I don't think they're. I don't think they're out on me.
0: I don't think you get a Johnny Bryant and say, by the way, like here's this guy who was an a, a elite prospect, and you don't get a chance to work with him.
1: Um. No, I agree. And I think that, you know what, if there was a a, a wager I could place on on whether DSJ would be on the Knicks at the beginning of the season, I would I would bet that he would, which is a great transition because, you know, what I forgot to do is we're waiting for the last pick. Remind our friends at home about our other friends at my bookie. I know you're excited (laughs) about my book. Bookie Um, Perez, Um, my bookie. Hey, get some skin in the game with my bookie where odds boosts, lightning deals and free bets await all season long. Uh, Thanksgiving is now a week away. Um, There's no better time to feast on some NFL action. If you're a first time customer, you've been with my bookie for years. There's no shortage of value. We found in thousands of game lines, unique prop bets and contests that they offer every week. Hey, you could bet on who's rookie of the year going to be. I would wager right now if you gave me. Two, eh, two to one. Eh, no, I, I want three to one. I want three to one odds on Obi Toppin for Rookie of the Year. I don't think that's asking for too much. Give me three to one odds, Obi Toppin. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll bet a, a few, few uh, ducats. Um, they also boast fully fledged casino platform, giving you all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, they can't kick you out. Even when it's one AM and you've been talking about the draft for too long, like we are right now, uh, make the right play. Sign up today at my bookie, and when you do, use promo code Overtime, like we are on this podcast. We're going overtime. O V E R T I M E. They'll match your deposit halfway up to a thousand bucks. So if you put in two hundred dollars, they will match you um, for another hundred. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in all the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Do we have a last pick yet?
0: Yeah, the Bucks. Acquired it somewhere along the line and picked Sam Merrill. Sam
1: Merrill. Uh, uh, our dreams are dashed. Great pick by Milwaukee, though.
0: <laughs> Great pick. That's that's as good of a 60th pick as you can have.
1: Yeah, no, good for them. So Paul Reed goes undrafted. Devin Dotson um, goes undrafted. Keith Smith just tweeted out, what a night for Philadelphia. One hell of a start to the Daryl Morey tenure. I guess yeah. Philly was pretty active tonight, right? They traded away Al Horford and Josh Richardson and got back um, stuff.
0: They got Isaiah Joe. They got um, they got Isaiah, Isaiah Joe super late, like forty nine. They got Maxi, which was the real crown jewel. Yes, um, they got
1: Isaiah Joe. They got Maxi, but they got like uh, they got Danny Green for Al Horford. And yeah. they got who what did they get for Josh Richardson? Again, this is I'm, I'm sorry, folks. This has been a long night. Um, I don't remember. They got someone.
0: They got oh, they got oh, oh Seth, Seth,
1: Seth. Oh, Seth Curry. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did a good job. Seth and Joe. It's tough to tough to get more shooting than that.
1: Yeah, no. Good good job by uh good job by by Darrell All right. Um, Prez, you're the man. Go everybody um if you're not reading Prez, if you're not um following Prez. Um, go and, um, you know, go and do that because um, he's great and he knows what he's talking about. And uh, you're going to hear him on this pod again very soon. And for everybody out there, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the Next Film School podcast. It is always a pleasure and an honor to be with you to deliver this content because we love this team, even when they do things that we question as to whether or not they are um, smart. And uh, with that, hope you have a great rest of your week and we will be back with you. Um, on Monday. Gideon.